For those of you who have lost money, like millions overnight. For those of you who are or have been in personal debt. For those of you who have been at rock bottom, ready to give up. Get ready because it's gonna get a whole lot worse. And that's a great thing. This is Below Zero to Hero, a brain dump by The Fail Coach, helping entrepreneurs develop a healthy relationship with failure. Look, failure can't be feared. It's the number one killer of creativity, ideas, dreams, and even entrepreneurs themselves. And it's thought will never get in your way again. With the right mindset, failure can be step one into a new journey of being a better leader, having better balance, better relationships, and most importantly, success. So bring it on. This is Below Zero to Hero with The Fail Coach. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Brain Dumb by The Fail Coach. And again, for this episode, I have an, uh, a guest here with me, and we're going to do another interview. So I would love to uh, say hi, Ted, and welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to, to have you on my podcast. And uh, please, can you please introduce yourself a little bit to our audience? Sure. Thanks for having me, too. My name is Ted Pedromo, and I am known as America's leading LinkedIn coach. And I've written three editions of Ultimate Guide to LinkedIn for Business over the past eight years for Entrepreneur Press. Okay, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I never dreamed I'd be a LinkedIn coach, but, you know, life <laughs> deals you <laughs> a few career setbacks after the dot-com crash in 2008. And I've just reinvented myself a few times and I'm America's leading LinkedIn coach now. Okay. Um, well, okay. would you mind diving a little bit more into how that happened? How did you end up in the LinkedIn space? Yeah. Yeah. It's, so for 20 years, 1980s and 90s, I was in the high tech world. I worked in Silicon Valley for companies like IBM and digital I was fixing computers when most companies didn't have computers in their offices. And then computer networking was invented. So I learned computer networking as it was being invented. Got into the cellular industry when Cellular One had only 40 employees. So I've been at the leading edge of all these awesome careers. And I remember like 1999 when the internet was just starting to take off. I thought, you know, I've had the most amazing career for the past 20 years. I'm never going to have to worry about a job ever again. And of course, you know, the universe heard that and boom, the dot-com crash hit. My whole career disappeared. Everything was being outsourced offshore or people just were losing their jobs. So I got certified as a personal coach because I, I mentored a lot of my employees over the years. I love mentoring them and coaching them. So I got certified as a coach in 2001, thinking, okay, I'm on to my next career. And I didn't know how to market or sell. I'd never had to do that before. And so I was, I was failing miserably. <laughs> so I started learning marketing by, you know, getting marketing books, listening to, going to some events, went to Dan Kennedy events where I met a guy named Perry Marshall, who was learning, he was teaching Google AdWords right when it was being released. So it was, it was, I was fascinated by that idea of you can put ads up and you pay the competition for the clicks. So I learned that from Perry, became a Google AdWords expert, 
and I was in Perry's coaching programs. Perry wrote Ultimate Guide to Facebook Advertising. Actually, he first, first he wrote Ultimate Guide to Google AdWords for Entrepreneur Press. Then he wrote Ultimate Guide to Facebook Advertising, and they're the two best-selling books of all time for Entrepreneur Press, who owns Entrepreneur oh, wow. Magazine. I didn't know that. Yeah, so it was kind of weird. You know, I'm thinking, and I was being coached by Perry at one point. He said, you need to write a book about Twitter. This was like right when Twitter was starting up, and it was just people were still figuring it out. Like, wow, how am I going to write 300 pages about Twitter? So a couple years later, I get a call, and this guy says, hey, I'm Perry's agent. Would you like to co-author two books for him? Entrepreneur Press wants a book about LinkedIn and a book about Twitter. And I'm thinking, okay. <laughs> I'd never written a book in my life, and here they are offering me a big advance. And, and the opportunity to write with one of the most popular authors of all time for Entrepreneur. And that's how I became okay. a LinkedIn expert. <laughs> Long and winding road, isn't it? It's just like, wow, okay. I just saw a huge opportunity in LinkedIn years ago. And LinkedIn has been evolving over time. And it's becoming more, and I guess more than a resume site now. So especially since Microsoft bought network. it, uh, it became even bigger, I guess. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're just doing so well I, since Microsoft well, took over. I mean, over. LinkedIn is a huge topic and uh um i don't know do you are you an expert on everything linkedin or you know do you specialize in you know like maybe uh businesses and how to position yourself or how to do it by yourself for recruitment for if you're a job seeker if if you're selling something if uh, you want to do the ads on linkedin like what's what's your specialty or is everything tied together It's actually, it's all tied together. Like as Perry Marshall teaches us, Google AdWords is a traffic channel. Twitter is a traffic channel. Facebook's a traffic channel where you engage people, get them onto your email list and you market to them over time. So LinkedIn is, it's really, it's a networking site, but it's considered, you can consider it a traffic channel. You, whether you're looking for a job or you're trying to find good employees, or you're trying to get leads for your business, it comes down to networking. It's like person-to-person yes. networking. And that's where people kind of get lost. Yeah, people yeah, don't know yeah. how to do With that all anymore. all the automated really software and everything and uh, all of that, uh, yeah, it's becoming more like, I don't know, yelling ground. Here's my stuff. Go buy it. Go check it out. And uh, no relationship building beforehand. No nothing. Yeah, it's even gotten to the point there. They're giving you the sales pitch. Yes, I saw that a few times in, in the recent weeks. Request. Yeah, even, even with... Uh, before, they were always like, oh, I checked out your profile. I mean, no, you didn't. Uh, and I think we are so like-minded. I would love to connect with you. And then pitch would follow after that. But now I saw quite a few people already putting pitches in the connection request. Like, I do this and this and this. If you're interested, um, accept my connection request. I mean, it's, it's like just, yeah, uh, quantity over quality i guess and yeah 
That's what I tell people. Yeah, it's like, imagine you go to a conference or a networking event and you walk up to somebody, you shake their hand, introduce yourself. And before you even give yeah. them your business card, <laughs> you're saying, hey, why don't you um, buy my services? A, a few months ago, I had, uh, I don't know if you know uh, who Steve Sims is. He wrote the the book, Blue Fishing. Um, and uh, yeah, we had like not LinkedIn specific, but we had that same conversation about how much more important is to have quality and, and not quantity. But um, Ted, like, let's say um, I'm new to the, uh, so my, our audience today is entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs who are starting out and entrepreneurs who are already successful. So let's be more focused on entrepreneurs and not job seekers or recruiters. Um, I'm new to LinkedIn. I'm, uh, I'm not there yet. Mm -hmm. uh, how should I approach it? Why would I approach it? Okay, first thing I would tell people is there was a book written in 1936. Yeah, I, I knew you. <laughs> when you said How 1936, to win and I knew people. what book you're talking about. Yeah, and it's still a bestseller. Right. It's still right. And it still works because if you just walk up to somebody, whether it's face-to-face -face or online, and you talk about, ask them a question and just listen and let them talk about themselves. Yeah. They think you're the most wonderful person in the world and you don't even say anything. So treat people with that perspective. Yes. You're not trying to sell. People love to buy, but they hate to be sold to. We've heard that. So if you start selling to me, I don't trust you. I get suspicious. I just I just want to build relationships with people, and that's what I use LinkedIn for. So build no, relationships, and start sound casual advice. conversations. You know, a few years ago, I mean, I was not that present on the social media networks. Yes, I had LinkedIn profile since I don't know, probably a few months after they started, but I wasn't really using it a lot. It was more like my resume or I don't know what. I, I, I wasn't very intentional about it because I was in a different space back then in energy efficiency and in Europe and, and in that space, not many people were on LinkedIn. So I just had the account. And then all other social media networks, I wasn't on any of them as, uh, except Facebook. And my personal rule on Facebook back then was if you and I didn't had a beer in the last six months, you're off my friends list. So I had Facebook account with roughly 140 people on it. And, you know, then I entered the social media networks and, you know, it was all noise and everybody's selling and pitching. And I was like, oh my God, this is so unlike the real world. And I went and uh, got myself a social media coach. And the first thing he taught me was, Mika, social media is no different than uh, a real life. 
just the way you wouldn't, you know, uh, you see a friend having a beer and you are passing by, you wouldn't just give them thumbs up and run away. You would go in, you would shake hands, you would, you know, uh, have a few a few uh, exchanges in, in a few sentences. And that's exactly what you have to do online as well. Whenever you comment, leave a thoughtful comment, uh, have conversations and, and so on. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, she knows me. <laughs> I, I use the cup of coffee scenario instead of a beer, but a beer is just as good. You sit down. We don't sit down to have a beer. And I, I ask you, yeah, like, hey, yeah. how's business? And you might talk about your business and I'll say, hey, I can help you. You want to buy from me? <laughs> no. We become friends. We ask about the family. We get to know each other. Like to go play golf, maybe who knows? But you just have those little casual conversations on LinkedIn, and if it's the right fit, it'll lead to a conversation well, that about one sales. thing that hey, I know I see in your many, profile that especially you do this. I need help with that. To LinkedIn or social media networks, one thing that I think they're afraid of, and that's why I think they're doing it the way they're doing it, is uh, but I can't have you know 50 thoughtful meaningful conversations every single day with you know because they're adding so many people on a daily basis and then of course you can't keep up and of course you can't do that manually or i mean you could but then you would spend 10 hours a day on linkedin alone like is is there any uh, method to the madness uh how how you would suggest uh, right. to overcome that There's the two schools of thought. You've got like recruiters, they connect with everybody. They have a huge network and they get to the 30,000 connection limit. So they're trying to reach as many people as possible because even if you're not a fit, your network may be a fit, somebody in that. So they kind of see you. The other theory is like you mentioned earlier, quality over quantity. And I've done both. When I first wrote my book, it was nine years ago, I was writing my first edition of the book. I had 642 LinkedIn connections because it really was a different site back then. It was more of a resume site. There was LinkedIn answers yeah, where yeah. you could you know, ask a question like, what accounting software do you use in your business? And people would chime in and tell you. But now it's evolved into, gosh, there's so many groups. There's millions of groups, but now I mean, people don't interact yeah, in groups, groups anymore. I, I've been part of a few groups. It's just but become just really an aggressive marketing platform in a lot a of ways, spam unfortunately. Fest. And nobody's engaging on anything. And it's really just uh, people uh, posting links to yeah. whatever, their freebies, their offers, their websites. And it's sad. It used to be real yeah, conversation. I could go in there and post a question like, hey, I'm looking for new accounting software. What should I do? Everybody in this world pitching you their solution. Okay. Actually, they limited the number of messages you can send to group members because of that. A couple, couple of years oh, ago, you okay. can only send a few messages to people in groups now 
even the owner of the group can't message the whole group anymore. Because so, Ted, beginning, on one hand, they don't want people to have, we have a aggressive huge marketers group of people pitching doing the all day janky long. stuff. Um, and I mean, I had conversations with a lot of them. Um, I don't know. I, I have way too much time, I guess, on my hands. Um, and I mean, they don't want to do it. They all would love to be more the quality person. They would all <laughs> more love to have conversations and genuine connections and so on. But, you know, like that scarcity of, oh, I need numbers so that, you know, uh, I convert 3% of those people into whatever I'm selling. And if I want to make ends meet, I need to add 50 people every day. I can't do that uh, by hand. So I have to use that software and pre, pre-written messages and scripts and so on. How do we overcome that? Like how, what, what would you say to them if let's say they are listening right now, they want to be, uh, ethical and moral and, and doing things the right way, but they just don't see how they can achieve the results by doing it that way. And then they just go with the tactics that all the gurus are teaching uh, out there. Yes, yes, I was doing the air quotes. "Quote unquote gurus." <laughs> yes, it's it's like the cold calling. Remember, here's a, here's the phone book. Call a hundred people. If you don't get a sale, call a hundred more people. It's a numbers game. And I think with I just did a video the other day about this to my audience. I said, when you market your business, would you use robocalls and send spam emails to people, aggressively send tens of thousands of messages a day through spam servers, or would you make robocalls and annoy people? No, and no. a lot of people are like, no, I hate robocalls. Everybody hates robocalls and everybody hates spam email. Have you ever bought anything from a robocall? Yeah, yeah. Or from a spam no, email? I'm... Gosh, I hope not. <laughs> Because you're going to get ripped off, probably. <laughs> oh, I'm starting to get now. The healthcare open enrollment period is starting. I've got probably 20 calls on my we cell don't phone have this week from robocalls. And I have software to block it, and it's still not blocked. So they figured a way around it right now. But you want your business to be re- – your reputation, your business is on the line here. So if you're just blasting templated, impersonal messages at people on LinkedIn – it makes it feel like you're a low quality company. My father used to own a restaurant. I grew up working in our restaurant and his pet peeve was he hated restaurants that had to have that flashing sign that said open or the big sign out front where they had the big letters with the special of the day. It's like the real cheap looking sign with flashing lights. It said, if you do, if you provide good food and good service, people are going to know when you're open. You don't have to have a flashing light to attract new customers. And that's the theory I take with my business. If I provide really good how quality do you service break to people, through, through all the give them results and provide good service, people doing it the other way, they're going to refer me to their friends. Is it just a long-term game where you have to invest? a lot of time to build that up super slowly or 
are there ways to, let's say, speed it up, but not to the point where you start using the janky robo messages and robo calls yeah. and all of that? Yeah, I'm not looking for a hundred new clients a month. I'm a small business. If I was looking to do that and I had a team of salespeople, everybody could do the little bit every day and get results. But I like the slow and steady approach. You always go back to that scenario. Guy walks into a bar. He sees a beautiful woman. He walks up to her and says, will oh, you marry me? Or will you go home with I me? I so don't want to share you know, with you that one experiment times, that me and my friends did in the middle of the day. day. But it involved one really guy, lucky, 100 women. And yeah, he walked away home with one. But I, I don't want to go into <laughs> details. But it was kind of like a psychological experiment that we did when, when we were in our 20s. Right. So, you know, you meet somebody, you get, you know, you get to know each other, have a little conversation. Hey, maybe you'll go out on the date. Maybe you'll go on a second date. Maybe it works out. Maybe it doesn't. But it's the same thing with engaging with people on LinkedIn. But I find if I search for certain criteria, like I know who I'm looking for, what kind of companies I like to work with, you do the the 80-20, you know, the old 80-20 rule. 80% of your income comes from your top 20 customers, top 20%. So find out what's in common with that top 20%. You know, what size company is it? Where are they located? What are they selling? What industry? Find out as much commonalities you yes, can. And then try to find more to of those know who you want to work with and who you, and people you like to do business with. You know, some work. people are just a pain to do business with. You don't want to work with those kind. The way I break through the noise is I, I use a lot of humor in my messages. Like sometimes when you connect with people on LinkedIn, after you connect down below, it says, here are more people you may know. Or here are more people that went to the same school you went to you may know. And it invites you to connect with them there. So sometimes I'll see someone I really want to connect with and I'll view their profile. And what happens is okay, a lot of times okay. they get notified I guess. that I viewed their profile. They view my profile and invite me to connect because they saw something in my profile that caught their eye. Another trick is I'll send, if I really want to avoid that, I just send them a message when I connect. I say, LinkedIn keeps putting okay, your profile that's, that's in front nice of me one. over and over and over. I take it as a sign okay, they want us okay. to connect. And I guess... Um, little messages probably, like that, a little humorous um, message. Using the sales navigator. And they might probably be using that option where you see, uh, after you do all the filtering, people who've been active in the past 30 days and they're much more likely to respond and so on. Yeah. Right, because only 40% of LinkedIn users log in more than once a month. 
which the good news is that's up from 23% last year. So Microsoft is doing a lot more to get people more engaged on the platform. So yeah, interact with people that are active. That, another way to do that is use hashtags. So if you follow hashtag sales, just search for it up in the search box, hashtag sales, and it'll let, say, do you want to follow this? If you follow it, anytime somebody posts content on LinkedIn with a hashtag sales in it, shows up in your news feed. Okay. Then you can see all the people that are engaged um, with Ted, that hashtag. Who do you usually you like, reach out? I mean, hey, I see you're uh, also following the hashtag what, what, sales. What is it that you Let's and, connect. and your company does? And people connect all the time. Okay. So I teach people how to do this. First, you have to optimize your profile. I kind of say, who are you looking for? What's their biggest problem? And how do you solve that problem for them? So your profile has to catch their attention. So instead of just leaving your job title as your professional headline under your Doesn't name. Doesn't that come off too salesy? Just make it say, who do you help? What problem you solve? And just some, some ways you solve the problem. I mean, the thing Not, when I, I get rotate them around from and test people them. who have that in their head, if you just say I help, I already know coaches get more high-end clients. I'm going to executive get coaches get more high-end clients. If it, if not in LinkedIn Messenger, then they have my email and they'll just start sending me emails. Right. And, you know, I find when I connect with those kind of, not, not that many people actually use that approach. <laughs> That's one thing. But I get a lot of requests. Guy sent me one this morning. I help LinkedIn coaches get more clients. Like, why would a LinkedIn well, coach need more yeah, clients? Or he also helps marketing agencies that. get more clients. Like, if you're a marketing agency, you should know how to get clients because people are paying you to do that for them. Right, so they're actually getting clients. So how doing do you a service help? that they really don't like know how who, to do? Who are your clients? Are they that's not uh, really ethical? Uh, companies, if you don't uh, know bigger how to generate corporations, leads, why are you in just that Individuals who want to make it out there. I've kind of fallen into a niche because I'm over 50 and a lot of my friends, we've all had great careers. And especially since 2008, a lot of times you get laid off. When you hit a certain age, your job seems to disappear or companies are acquired like crazy these days. So these they're great professionals over 50, but they cannot find another job. Companies just won't hire them anymore. So they're forced to start their own little consulting practice or coaching. I work with a lot of those people. Most of my clients are over 50. It's about 50-50 men and women. But that commonality is that we're really good at what we do. We had a great career and we still want to work 20 more years. We don't want to stop working. We have to keep working because we need money. 
So I help them really kind of decide, okay, you've been a, you've been an executive for 20 years in this industry. So let's connect with people. Yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. So when you start coaching these people, you now a big thing is coaching people that are want to retire from their family business and pass it, you know, succession planning. That's becoming a big thing these days. So I work with those people, help people position their business. You mentioned first help thing their you personal have to brand, do is put that personal uh, brand on all their social media and start engaging um, with people in other than simple little short messages. Headline. Um, are there any other tips and tricks you can share with us? What does that mean? Well, you've got to have a good picture because you get, I was just reading a book presence by Amy Cuddy, C U D D Y. And she talks about, she's done research with a lot of people. Your subconscious mind decides within two seconds of seeing your picture or meeting you in person, if they can trust you and if they think you're competent. So you see a lot of people, yeah, they just yeah. have a really blurry looking picture on LinkedIn. They didn't get a professional headshot. They maybe found a, some old photo and they cropped it and then it got increased in size. So it's glasses. really blurry. Uh, I mean, they not, cropped not out the somebody at a wedding and they look half glasses. drunk. Yes or no. Like go spend a hundred dollars. You can get for a hundred dollars. You can get really good headshots done these days. Okay. And uh, should you on LinkedIn always be, you know, in a suit and a tie or. Again, just it follow depends, how you, you know how they look are. on you, and if that's your look, if you wear them all the time, yeah. I say, what do you wear to work? Like I worked with some home inspectors a while back. I spoke at their conference. It was like five thousand home inspectors, and they wear you know the collared shirt. Okay. The golf so shirt after kind the of thing with their logo. headline. So that's perfectly appropriate if that's what they they wear to work every day. It wouldn't look good if a guy wore a suit that's a home inspector. So put your branding in that header behind there. You can upload a new banner now. So you can go to fiverr.com. And for five bucks, I paid 20 bucks for mine because I got four versions of it for different social media sites. But it's your personal logo, your your company logo, your personal brand, if you're just a small business. So you have a consistent look across all platforms. So mine's a picture of me where I'm just standing there. It says a Ted Pedromo, America's leading LinkedIn oh, coach. Okay. And then I'm, I'm just on different social media platforms, they move my picture from the left side to the right say, side and different sizes. So just same brand and behind me, send... but it's me in different positions on the logo. Okay. Of course. Um, yeah, yeah. So most people use the mobile app too. Europe, so see so. what your profile because looks I like. Because I see in the that some, sometimes um, um, when we have problems in Europe, everything works well in, in the US the and vice versa. So, yeah, sometimes it might be a regional thing. Yeah, mine's not working. 
Okay. Uh, and uh, what about the uh, summary or the about me? How important is that and <laughs> what should go into that? Yeah, they're having some problems this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the way I describe it is, imagine those old days where we had things called bookstores and you'd walk into the bookstore <laughs> and you would say, if you had books out, and even if you go to Amazon now, you'll see certain books, the title catches your attention. So as you're browsing through all those listings of books or some title that grabs your attention for some reason. So that's your professional headline. People that are interested in your services will be interested in that. And then when you pick up a book, it's a hardcover book, you open it up and the inside flap continues the story about that book. It tells you, like, this is what you can, what this book is about, gives you some samples. And I use the about section, which used to be your summary. I call that the, the summary for your story. You kind of talk about in your headline Talk about the problems you solve and then ask a question. Hey, are you struggling to get new clients for your business? Some pain point of theirs, you know, as Perry Marshall calls it, it's the bleeding neck. What's really keeping them up at night? What are they worried about? And then your, your summary down below kind of tells a little story about what the problem is, how you solve that problem. And then I share my, I had 20 years of success. I had eight years of struggling and then I finally got back on track. Then 2008, it blew up again. I got a job, grew the company 400% in three years. Then they laid us off after they got acquired. So I've been up and down, up and down. And I share that in my profile and people say, oh my God, I went through the same stuff. Okay. Builds a relationship and, with um, you. Okay. So, so tell I'm story. guessing this is Make it in, this if people remember stories, you just repeat your experience the in the about section. Fill out as much of all the rest as possible. People want to learn about you and what you've been through and how you can help them. So yeah, the, the whole idea is the background banner and your headline entice people to read your about section okay. and the about sections to entice so them to continue reading down to your experience section where they can see your, you know, where you went to school, where you work, what's your experience. And then it leads down into the more personal stuff. Your, you know, awards yes. you've won or books you've written. <laughs> That's correct. Um, so you want to just so keep reading. I just like sent you. If you ever a took a copywriting course, they say the headline of you your article or your that sales letter. Connection request. The job of that would you is to get them to read the next from line, there on. which is to get them to read the next line. So I test different messages over time. And LinkedIn has actually told me I have some good contacts there. And they said they analyze all the messages that go be sent on LinkedIn, especially in mails. Long okay. messages don't get much response. People don't reply to them 
or they don't seem to even read the whole thing, it seems like. So if it's 500 characters or less, there's a 90% chance they'll actually reply to it and interact with you. So I send a simple little, I used to send a longer welcome message, but I just say, hey, Joe, thanks for connecting. And my assistant came up with this. I have to give her full credit. So I said, thanks for connecting. I used to go on to different stuff there, a longer version, but I really shortened it. Hey, Joe, thanks for connecting. Just for fun, tell me something interesting I wouldn't know from your LinkedIn account. Or something interesting about you or your business I wouldn't know from your LinkedIn account. And about 20 to 25% of people reply and tell me something totally different. Nothing to do with their business or something personal. And then my next line is, if you want to learn something interesting about me, visit my LinkedIn friends page. I have a web page on my website called LinkedIn Friends. It has a little picture of my LinkedIn profile and I have a little summary about what I do, my background. They can watch a free LinkedIn training without opting in. They can do a free one-hour LinkedIn course, which is a one-hour webinar, or they can buy my book. So I'm not blatantly selling anything to them. I'm just, hey, this is me. This is what, what's on my website. And if they want to buy my book, great. If they want to get on my email list, great. But I don't do any hard selling. And some people follow up, you know, with three or four follow-up messages over time. They, they call it send them useful content articles and stuff like, no, no, well, I don't know you yet, so I don't know what's going to be useful to you. I'd rather have just a short back and forth conversation on the chat and then say, hey, I'm doing a webinar next no, week. No, I agree. Might be interested. I agree. I hate being hard sell. So I'm, I'm a real soft well sell and, approach. Uh, yeah, I'm I not could doing be more aggressive, but I hate being sold to, to like that. I just say, hey, uh, as well, if I mean, do it gently. Um, I and they put want to do business with me. That can they're my best if, if they find it interesting, they can always go check out more, um, and that's it. If you catch their attention with your LinkedIn profile and just by having some fun conversations back and forth, they're going to go to your website and learn more about you, or they're going to, they're going to find out more about, it. they'll go to your YouTube channel. Yeah, I mean, put all uh, that you stuff in your profile too. So I have a YouTube channel called Social Selling TV. I've got, something. you know, blah, blah, blah. They'll find you. If uh, but I, I like the idea how you, and you have to hint, uh, you know, create drop a relationship too, uh, first. Um, now, do you uh, do you do everything by yourself, or you have like an assistant right. go you in? You got to ask for the uh, sale at some point, and and do some of the conversations for you. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. You know, I do it myself now. I used to have her do some cut and paste what were not salesy well, type that, cut that and paste. Would be, uh, and I used automation nice tools one, in yeah. the past, which, but I stopped because yeah, LinkedIn's really cracking down um, on those now. I yes, can't really yes, afford yes, to lose my so LinkedIn account. So do I, so do I, quite, quite a few of them. <laughs> America's leading LinkedIn coach loses his LinkedIn account. <laughs> 
shit. <laughs> well, that's that's not a good way. I to know do some it. that have lost. I mean, yeah, theirs, I, so. I, I saw. I mean, and it's it's about time that they start cracking on on all of that. Eventually, you get them back. There's just so much noise, and he's out. Um, so. And it's good that <laughs> they're to create doing a whole new profile. And start at least over. in my opinion. Yeah. Exactly. That's in my contacts at LinkedIn. Are I mean, me every morning I wake up. Their biggest to, concern is they want to provide a good user experience. And if you come here and people are always pitching and stuff and trying to sell you it's stuff, not very it's not a good user experience. Unfortunately, I learned back. how to use the report button and I do that uh, very frequently um, because I don't know, like this needs to stop. I like to have fun with them too sometimes for like this one woman, I generate leads for LinkedIn coaches. And I replied to him, well, why would they need a, to hire a lead generation person if they do that for a living? And she says, well, my people really like my service. <laughs> like, well, but you oh, didn't yeah. answer the question. And she'll gladly take their money oh, yeah. to I generate mean, leads um, for them. I don't know if they close the deals. I'm, 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 I'm so I like to have fun. Lucky enough another guy I was pitching me LinkedIn so services this morning. That I replied, do you think I really I need LinkedIn services? And he hasn't responded. Story. And one so of the things I from did sending in that more story messages. was <laughs> really insanely fast scaling from zero to $50 million a month in revenue in nine and a half months. That was back in 2014. And, you know, every single, like I had more on that scaling on my LinkedIn profile than I, I now I don't have it that anymore. Uh, but um, I remember like, you know, people constantly pitching me, wanna, you want to scale from six to seven figures. And I'm like, did you even read my headline? Uh, but yeah, obviously it's all automated and all, uh, it, they don't even look at anything. I mean, I was always like, um, when they say, oh, I checked out your profile. I mean, how stupid do you think I am? I mean, I can go into who viewed my profile and see that you obviously didn't. Yeah, I mean, it's like, what what are you trying to you know achieve with by doing that? Or sometimes I would go and I would say, oh, what was it that impressed you so much? Right, and you know, like just challenge and them. They, and yeah. most of it's the like, time, well, they you want to do business with somebody that. that's lying to you. Oh, yeah, I got that as well. Sometimes I get a message. I got a message and it's like, oh, I'm actually interested in this. So I replied and said, Ham, hey, I'd like to learn more. And like a week oh, later, wow. I got the same Tell cut me and paste more about message. That. They didn't answer my, they don't respond to people that are interested. So why, why do you send sales pitches if you're not going to reply to someone that's raised their hand and said, I want to hire you? I actually had a LinkedIn death threat a while back. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I was right before my book launched in April. It was like probably February. I get a mess, an invitation to connect from this guy who does SEO. And I said, I've done SEO for like, I did it for about 15 years. And he did Amazon SEO. So I'm like, oh, I'm interested in that. So I said, hey, I'd love to learn more about your Amazon SEO. So we're chatting back and forth. I says, hey, do you have time for a little call, a 15-minute call? He goes, hey, it's too early for that. I'm like, what do you mean it's too early for that? <laughs> so he's like, we're chatting back and forth. I goes, yeah, I have a book coming out. I'd really love to dominate Amazon SEO. So I'd be interested in talking to you. Then he comes back. And all of a sudden, he starts swearing at me. He says, there's no effing way you could know anything about SEO. Like, I was doing SEO as it was being invented. <laughs> and, you know, for the last 20 years. And then he comes back and says, you grew up playing with wooden swords. I grew up playing with computers. There's no way someone over 50 years old oh can know anything God. about SEO. You are an effing liar. Like, oh, my God. And then he says, comes back and oh says, <laughs> he told me the, the frog and the scorpion well, story. He goes, I was put on this earth to take care of people like you. Well, uh, this can go in your next iteration. It's all as a like fun five minutes, to literally, add. from the time I accepted this uh, When you release a new edition <laughs> of, of, your, of your LinkedIn book. Um, Ted. So he was the second person I ever had to disconnect from on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would probably be a huge hit. Um, Ted, um, I did you a, shared this morning. I'm going to send out a, a lot. My of next book is going to be a bathroom book already, and we've full talked of LinkedIn about bad messages. For the past 45 minutes. <laughs> now, what about Ted? You, as the person, can you tell us <laughs> a little bit about yourself? My kids are all both grown. My daughter, Alicia, is 30. My son is 27, Mike. They both live and work in the San Francisco area where I live. They're both doing very well. My wife and I are empty nesters, and we are, like, so proud of our kids, especially with what's going on. This, you know, we have a lot of our friends. They have 30-year-olds living at home still, struggling to get by. So we're just really excited about that. And my wife, Ellen, and I have been together 38 years. We love to travel. I can work from anywhere in the world. That's really nice in to Europe hear. for two and a half um, weeks last year. We're, well, in a couple of weeks, we're going to go on a road trip. We don't know even where we're going to go. Before, Somewhere in the southwest before, of the U.S. Uh, we say goodbye. About uh, a month, for, a year. this time. Up at Squaw Valley. Um, and the question so is, we just, we're loving that, life. what would you uh, say, um, like the last thing, for my audience to take away from this interview or, you know, it doesn't have to be related with what we were talking about, but what's the one thing you want the audience to take away?
I just see so many businesses, people, they're really good at what they do, but they can't run the business. They don't know how to really build relationships. And I just say, do a little bit every day and reach out to somebody, engage with somebody, compliment yes, them. I'm a great, send them great, a good great message. You see they're struggling. In, just reach um, out to them. I call that karma. A little um, bit every day just you, goes a long you, way and uh, it all comes back so. to you. Is, yeah. is that how the universe the takes goes? care of us? If we help other people, yeah. it comes back in multiples. Yes, yes. Very important distinction. If you are just doing it and expecting something in return, it will always fire back. Yeah, exactly. And well, don't that, expect anything in return. Just do good very things. Very big and pleasure talking with but you. Don't expect it to come back. Um, and I really thank you and i appreciate you for coming to my show for sharing all the value and uh, i'm looking forward to uh, nurturing this relationship going forward so thank you for being my guest and uh, i wish you all the best in everything that you do Absolutely. I'm a huge beer fan. So I don't drink that much. I need to tell that because uh, I often promote beer and then people think that I drink like two packs, six packs. Thank you. Thanks for, for having breakfast, me. Next but time in Europe, we'll like get together that. for a cup of coffee um, or a beer. But occasionally I, love, I like to have like, you know, an Indian pale ale or something like that. So a beer or two. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of beer. <laughs> Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you again, Ted, and have a lovely rest of your day. Quality, not quantity. <laughs> thank you.